0: Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Project Scribe. You know, it says in Psalm 96, verse eight, "Scribe to the Lord, the glory do his name. And so that's exactly what this podcast is for. You know, God is still God, whether or not I acknowledge him, but that doesn't mean he isn't worthy of being acknowledged. He's the one most worthy of our worship, you know, of our time, most worthy of our thought. He's the only one worthy to be called God. So in today's episode, I titled it Letters to the Father. You know, I talk about how sometimes the work of my hands, you know, becomes the object of my affection and worship and how, you know, I have to be reminded that only the Lord is worthy of that. Uh, I'll also share a personal letter written by me uh, to my heavenly Father, and so, you know, I hope it's something that you guys will enjoy, uh, something you'll be encouraged by, you know, something that will push you to just spend time with him and ultimately push you to ascribe to him the glory that's due his name. So if you're anything like me, sometimes you can be, you know, a bit of a workaholic and get a little too consumed with what you do. Uh, thankfully, you know, by the grace of God, I've gotten much better, checking in with myself, making sure I'm resting, you know, I'm not trying to subconsciously believe or do what only God can do. Uh, But, you know, from time to time, you know, I still have to be reminded, like, hey, I'm on, you know, you're you're doing the most, got to be corrected, get back on the right path. Well, you know, I've noticed a pattern, you know, in my own life that, you know, sometimes I get so consumed, you know, with what I do because at some point, you know, I started thinking that what I do determines my value. And that's and that's especially in the context of my relationship with the Lord, that somewhere along the way, you know, I started believing I have to work, I have to produce, I have to do something, in order for God to love, uh, to love me and approve of me, which is obviously not true. That is not the gospel message. That is not, you know, what God has revealed to us, taught us. Not even close. Right? We know as believers that there was never and there will never be any work that we could do and, and produce before God and say, okay, now God will love us, right? There, there's nothing that we could ever do. There was no work of our hands that we could present to God and then get God to say, okay, now I love you. Now I will bring you into this, uh, you know, into this relationship. I will, I will bring you close to me. Never was any work that we could do. Never will be any work that we could do. And so this belief that our work will determine our value in the the eyes of God is just false. God was the one who's always done the work on our our behalf to to save us. God is the one who loved us before we produced anything of value for him or for others. Uh, God is the one who sent his son to pay for our sins that separated us from him. God is the one who placed his Holy Spirit within us by which, you know, according to Romans, you know, we cry out, Abba, Father, right? So he did all the work on our behalf for us to be in this relationship with him. He did all the work on our behalf for us to, to be able to call God our Father and not be lying, right? Like, he did, all, he did all of that. But even though, you know, I know this is true, I believe this to be true, that's the, the crux of our faith, you know, like I said, I, I still periodically kind of fall into these old these old beliefs. And, and this was something that I was kind of thinking about the other day because, you know, in my personal time, uh, my personal devotional time, I've been reading through the the book of Micah. And uh, in, in, in the book of Micah, you know, quick overview, God is speaking through uh, Micah about, you know, Israel's sins, about their uh, their impending judgment that's about to come. They're, they're going to be taken into captivity. And then ultimately God's plan to restore and redeem his people. So the whole book kind of follows that outline. Well, in chapter five, chapter five, verse 13, uh, the Lord says, I will destroy your idols and your sacred stones from among you, and you will no longer bow down to the work of your hands. So again, he says, I will destroy your idols and your sacred stones from among you, and you will no longer bow down to the work of your hands. So idol worship, you know, was something that the Israelites constantly fell into, right? And God, is, uh, God was constantly reminding his people just how pointless uh, that was, right? If you think about it, right? It's, it's a human being who's gathering all the materials, you know, whether it's wood, gold, silver, fabric, whatever the material was, right? It's a human being that's gathering all these things together. It's a human being deciding what, this idol is going to look like. Is it going to look like a? Is it going to look like a human? Is it going to look like something in nature? Is it going to look like an animal? Look like the moon or the stars? Whatever it might be, it's it's a human being deciding what this material will look like. And then after this person is done shaping it and molding it and 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 casting casting it in the fire and chiseling it and all these things, it's a human being now setting up this image, setting up this idol, and then bowing down to this thing that they just created in hopes that not only that this thing can hear you, that this inanimate object can 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 hear them, uh, but hoping that this inanimate object will then respond, right? Respond with some kind of favor, respond with some kind of provision, some kind of protection, some kind of benefit to this person. And, and God is looking at this like, that's, that's insane, right? That doesn't make that doesn't make any sense. And so what he's speaking to or speaking through Micah to his people is that, you know, I'm gonna destroy all these idols, I'm gonna destroy all these altars, I'm gonna destroy all these sacred stones that you guys have set up. And there will come this time, you know, when you no longer bow down to the work of your hands. And when I came across that, I don't have you know, this like 12-foot pole in my backyard or something that I bow down to, you know, I don't have an altar that I'm sacrificing animals on to some false god, or, you know, I don't have some figurines or shrines that I keep in my pocket that I, you know, uh, pray to or anything like that. I, I don't have those physical idols. And I would assume that most of us, if not all of us listening, don't have those, those kinds of things. But that doesn't mean you and I don't deal with idols in our lives, right? And and if you've been in church for probably more than two weeks of your life, you've heard something along these lines before, that you don't have to have some kind of physical idol to deal with or to be struggling with some kind of idol worship in your life. If there's anything that's kind of taken the place of God, you know, in your life, there's something other than God that's become the object of your worship, well by definition, that's that's an idol. And so anyways, you know, as I came across that that verse, it really struck me because Though I don't have, you know, physical idols or physical work of my hands that I bow down to, sometimes in another sense, the work of my hands has become the object of my worship. And for many of us, uh, I know this is, this is true, right? Whether that's the, the degree, whether that's our education. You know, I know I grew up in a family where education is, is highly valued. And, and I know in my community, education Uh, is 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 highly valued right so it's it's almost always never enough you know to get the uh, the undergrad you have to kind of got to make sure you get that master's or even even beyond that and then once you get the once you kind of check that off the list then you know the 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 work of our hands or the the object of our affection becomes the career right making sure that you know, the, the high level of education then leads to the high paying job, you know, whether that's engineering, right? The, the traditional stuff that, that we kind of always hear, uh, at least that I always hear in, in, in my community, right? Whether that's engineering, whether that's becoming a doctor, you know, something along those lines, those things often become the object of our affection, right? Because we think that we we have to obtain these things, and we have to produce these things in order to be seen as accepted and, and valued and loved, you know, whether by our peers, whether by our parents. And, and for some of us, uh, like I said, if you're like me, in order to be loved and accepted by, by God. I, I, you know, I love the work that I get to do. Uh, I, I absolutely do love the, the work that I get to do. So, you know, right now, the bulk of my time is spent... Uh, in in ministry uh in in the traditional sense of ministry uh you know if we are if uh, I'll just say this if you are a believer, you are in ministry you know that's that's i think settled i think that's the bible makes that clear that you can be used to make the message of God known wherever God has placed you now when i say i'm I'm being used in ministry i'm 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 talking about more in the the traditional sense you know within the quote unquote four walls of the church. That's where God has placed, placed me, uh, you know, for the time being, and that's where I spend the bulk of my time. And I absolutely love it, right? Uh, particularly the Bible study setting. I, I, that's, that's, that's kind of my bread and butter. I, I love the Bible study setting. I love that small group setting. I remember when I first got saved, how God had used especially that to... You know, to, to really disciple me, to really form me, to really shape me, to really teach me what it, you know, what it looked like to be in relationship with God and with, with his people. And so now, years after, a few years after now, God is now using me in that same, that same kind of context to, to lead and to serve in that way. And so I absolutely love the work that I get to do, the work that I feel that God has called me to do you know, in this season of my life. It's, it's a really, honestly, um, all glory to, to God. I, think, I really do thank God for this. It really is an amazing feeling to, to kind of connect with what you feel that God has for you. You know, When you begin to do what you believe God has, has for you, it's, it's just, it's an amazing feeling. It's a very satisfying, and it's a very satisfying and fulfilling feeling. So the work for me isn't the issue whether or not I enjoy it or not. I think it's sometimes what happens is I get so caught up in it that somewhere along the way I begin to think that I have to do this, right? I have to serve, you know, whether I'm teaching or I'm, I'm preaching or whatever it may be. Uh, I'm, I'm leading some kind of group, whatever that is. I have to do this in order to get God to love me, right? In order to prove my value to God that, okay, now, God, you really can love me. You really can be, you know, proud of me that, you know, be, look, look at the work that I've done when the Bible is clear, God, you had already loved me in the first place, right? And so it's, it's having to kind of, it, it's having to be constantly reminded that the work that I do is not for God's love, but it's actually from God's love. I actually love this this saying. Uh, If you guys know who Pastor Ebenezer is from uh, Minnesota, he leads a church out there called Perazine. So if you guys don't know him or his his church, really great church, really great group, uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, But something that I always uh, have heard him say and heard his group say is from, not for you know, we are living from this place of victory that God has already given us. We are living from this place of love and his, you know, the forgiveness that he's already given us, not for these things. We are not living for, you know, like trying to obtain this victory, trying to obtain this, uh, this relationship with him. No, he's already made the way for us to have that. He's already given us Right, You know, the uh, freedom from sin. He's already given us his forgiveness. He's already given us this title of son and daughter. He's already given us that, right? Because of his work, not because of, because of ours. And so for me, again, it's something that I have to kind of constantly be reminded of that, hey, God has already done this work for me. I don't have to earn it. Uh, I, I love what I get to do. I love the work that God has called me to do. But I'm not doing it to earn something from him, right I'm not doing it to earn you know this 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 love right He's already brought me close i was i was far I was dead in my sins. I was without hope, but because of what he has done because of the work that he has done because of his grace, he brought me close. He brought me near right he he has now given me hope he has given me this this relationship I wanted to to share that because I know I'm not the only one. I know that I'm not the only one who's dealt with this or maybe is dealing with this, allowing the work of our hands to kind of become the object of our, of our affection. You know, we, we should love what we do. We should, you know, enjoy what we do. Hopefully you guys are doing something that you, that you enjoy, right? I would, I would definitely not wish otherwise for, for anyone. Um, But it's, it's never worth becoming the object of our, of our worship. Only God is. Only God is worthy of our worship. When that's true in our lives, when in our lives, when that's taking place in our lives, when God is the object of our affection, when God is the object of our worship, then our work will really reflect that. Right? Then our work will really reflect, man. This is someone who loves God. This is someone who is loved by God. This is someone who's being used by God. This is someone who is clearly in a relationship with him. When, when, when the opposite is true, when the object of our affection is the work, trying to obtain something from God, trying to obtain God's love, that's, that's got to be the quickest way to burn out. That's got to be the quickest way to be frustrated. That's got to be the quickest way to discouragement. That's got to be the quickest way to quit, right, and especially if it's something that God has called you to do. If you are doing something, if you are working on something, uh, in order to earn God's love, you will quickly see, and maybe you've already begin to, you know, began to see. It's not, it, it's not satisfying, right? It's not fulfilling, right? Because the thing that is meant to fulfill you, or the thing that is not meant to fulfill you, the work. Has taken God's place, who is the only one who can fulfill you. Right? If today, if God were to tell me, you know what I'm on? You're not gonna lead these these Bible study groups anymore, you're not gonna, you know, be serving in this sense, I'm gonna take you and move you into something else, would it be a little hard at first? Of course, because I, you know, I love the connections that I've made with with people, with my groups, you know, shout out to Abide, shout out to Emerge, my people. I love the connections that I've made. I love the people that I get to serve. I love the people that I get to be around, you know, on a regular basis. But if God were to begin to transition me to something else, well, He was ultimately the one who was the object of my worship anyway. And so, if He begins to shift, if He begins to tell me to move, if He begins to say, "Okay, no, this is not what you're going to do now. I'm going to move you to something else," well, then so be it, because the work itself is not what sustains me it's not the work itself that is is again the object of my affection it is not the object of my worship he is and when i get off of that course that's when i begin to see i get tired i get frustrated i get i get burnt out and the lord again has to kind of correct me has to bring me has to bring me back with that being said i want to encourage anyone uh, you know who might be listening to say What's the motive behind your work, whether the education, whether the career path, whether whatever it might be, is it so that you can earn the love and affection of, of those around you? And ultimately, is it to earn God's love for you? Because if so, then we got to be re- recalibrated, right? We need to get back on track. God has already given you his love. He has made that known through Jesus Christ. He has placed his Holy Spirit within you. Therefore, the relationship is already there. So now we are working, just as I mentioned before, as Pastor Ebenezer always says, you're working from that place, not, not for. So two things I wanted to leave you guys with uh, before we wrapped up the now uh, second official episode uh, of Project Describe, uh, and the first is—is is this. Um, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, you know, after listening to the first episode, so many of you guys texted me, DM'd me, uh, just letting me know your thoughts, uh, just giving me encouraging words, um, letting me know just how much you enjoyed it. Uh, you've also let me know um, how you guys have apparently enjoyed my podcast voice, which. Uh, which I appreciate but you know I wish I could take credit for but uh, I guess shout out to God and shout out to whoever made this mic Uh, but but seriously though you know I really do appreciate all the encouragement and kind words you know it's been really fun for me uh, working on this project so far so you know it's nice to know that uh, someone's enjoying it and, and benefiting from it the second and final thing I wanted to share is the letter I mentioned in the intro So you know when I'm reading my Bible, you know I like to have I like to have a notebook open and you know to write whatever I hear the Lord teaching me. But uh, once in a while, I'll write out these short prayers uh, in the form of letters to the Father. And so I wanted to share, uh, you know, not as a way to like quote unquote pray in front of others or anything like that, but more so to just encourage people with you know what I'm praying for, and to hopefully push people to. Just go spend time with the Lord. You know, spend time with Him in His Word and and in prayer. And so, uh, so here it goes. It says, Father, my desire is to please You. I want to bring You glory. I want people to hear and see and encounter You. Sometimes I feel though that I'm not doing enough. Lord, I want to be a good steward of all that You have blessed me with. Passion to teach, singleness, good health, physical, mental, and emotional inquisitive and creative mind? Help me, Father, to steward all this and more. Let the work of my hands bring you praise. Let it reflect your strength, power, and your salvation. I want all that I do to honor you and to point back to you. But, Father, I also pray that whatever I do never becomes the object of my worship. I never want to bow down to the work of my hands. Before I could ever do anything of value, you loved me, you knew me, you had a plan and purpose for me. You had good works prepared in advance for me to do long before I ever set foot on this earth. I have not and could not ever earn your love. Help me to always remember that. Signed, your son and friend. Aman.